You're listening to Grace Saves All, the podcast which exists at the spiritual intersection of Christianity and universal salvation. In this podcast, we will be exploring an ancient and modern approach to Christianity, which affirms both that grace saves alone and that grace goes to all. And now, here is David Artman, author of Grace Saves All, The Necessity of Christian Universalism. Welcome again, friends, as we continue our journey towards a Christian vision of a completely loving God whose intentions have always been good for all of us from the beginning and whose good intentions for us will ultimately all be fulfilled in the ages to come. Where we are now together is that we are going through the five points of my Christian Universalist theology. In today's episode, we will be looking at point number two, God sincerely wants to save all. Now, the reason this point is so important is because it has to do with how much we think that God is really interested in our salvation. And so this point kind of grows out of point number one, in that if God truly is our loving parent and God loves us just the same way as parents love a dear child, Then, just as the parent would be absolutely devastated to lose their child and would do everything possible to secure the safety and well-being of this child, so God would do the same towards each of us. We need to know that this is the way that God feels towards us. God doesn't just sort of want to save us. God really, sincerely wants to save us. All of this has to do with the intensity of God's desire for our salvation. So, where in the Bible might we look to find evidence that God really is sincerely determined to save each and every one of us? Well, we can start with the Old Testament in Genesis 12, verse 3, which is where God is speaking to Abraham, and he says to Abraham, All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now, this is significant because we need to understand that from the very beginning, God's choosing of Abraham, and therefore God's choosing of Israel, was all for the purpose of blessing the whole world, not just for the purpose of blessing them. God's chosen people were to be a conduit of blessing to the world, not a cul-de-sac. I also like in the Old Testament the passage from Ezekiel 33:11, which says, As surely as I live, declares the Sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. This tells me that God derives no pleasure from the misfortune of the wicked. God doesn't enjoy that. Rather, God enjoys seeing us live and thrive. And therefore, repentance from God's point of view is always welcome because God is always wanting us to move towards life. Now I'd like to turn to the New Testament, to the Gospel of John, in the 12th chapter, verse 32. This is where Jesus says, And when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. Now, when Jesus says here that he will be lifted up from the earth and draw all people to himself, what he's talking about here is when he was going to be lifted up to be crucified. We know this because in the very next verse, John 12, 33, it says, He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. So, the saying of Jesus from John 12.32 means that when he is lifted up to be crucified, Jesus will draw all people to himself. And when Jesus talks about drawing all people to himself, there's a really important detail behind that word, draw. 
When Jesus says that he will draw all people to himself, the Greek word behind the English word draw is the Greek word helkuo. Now, in the Greek language, this word helkuo implies a very determined and resolute kind of action. There's nothing lackadaisical about it. We can see an example of this from John chapter 18, where this word is used to describe how Peter drew his sword when he used it to cut off the ear of one of the high priest's servants on the night that Jesus was arrested. This is a very intense scene. Peter, trying to protect Jesus, draws his sword. Peter doesn't try to draw his sword. Peter draws his sword with authority. There's also another example of this word helkuo in John chapter 29, where it's used to describe what is happening when the disciples attempt to haul in a miraculous catch of fish, and then later when Peter drags the net full of fish onto shore. So the main thing to know about all of this is that when Jesus talks about drawing all people to himself, the actual word in the Greek of the New Testament is helkuo. And we can see how in other contexts, this word helkuo is used to describe people who are taking firm and resolute action. And so when Jesus talks about drawing all people to himself, this is an expression of a firm and resolute kind of intention. The intention of Jesus is not for him to be lifted up on the cross and then just to see what happens in a passive kind of way. Jesus went to the cross as part of his active intention and resolute conviction to actually draw or drag or haul in all people to himself. And then there's another passage I really like from Luke chapter 15. The 15th chapter of Luke is probably my favorite chapter in all of the Gospels because it features Jesus telling three stories as part of an explanation of why he was sitting and eating with tax collectors and sinners. He tells three stories, each about a person having lost something and then searching for it. A story about a woman who loses a coin, a story about a father who loses a son, and the one I want to look at right now, a story about a shepherd who, having 100 sheep and losing just one of them, leaves the 99 in the wilderness and goes off searching for that one lost sheep until he finds it. And I think that's an important detail. Jesus doesn't just go looking for the lost sheep. He goes looking for the lost sheep until he finds them. That tells me again about the intensity of Jesus searching for the lost. He's not just searching for the lost. He's searching for the lost until he finds them. I also think it's important for us to consider that in 1 Timothy 2, verses 3 through 4, God is described as our Savior, who desires everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And that's important, because if God desires everyone to be saved, then this is something that God has always desired from the very beginning. There's also a passage from 2 Peter 3, verse 9, which says that the Lord does not want anyone to perish, but for everyone to come to repentance. And also in this verse, it talks about how this means that God is being patient with each one of us. When we put all of this together, we come up with a picture of a God who intended to call the Hebrew people into existence through Abraham in order to bless the whole world. We come to a picture of God who is not made happy when wicked people go the wrong way, but a God who would rather that people turn from their evil ways and be able to live. That's because God is about life, and that's why God wants everybody to be saved. But let's put all of this together now and make it personal for each one of us. God intends to bless you. God takes pleasure when you are able to turn from your wicked ways and live. 
Jesus, when he was lifted up on the cross, had you in mind. He had the intention of drawing you to himself. To him, you are like a valuable sheep to a shepherd, who, if it became lost, the shepherd would leave the ninety-nine to come searching until he finds. If you were lost, what that means is that God is looking for you and searching for you until God finds you. God wants you to be saved. God wants you to come to the knowledge of the truth. God's patience with you is part of it. God is trying to give you time and space, but that doesn't mean that God isn't still working towards the time when you will come to repentance and be able to come home. And so our picture of God continues to develop. We are seeing now a picture of a God who is a loving parent to all. And out of this loving parental concern, comes the desire that all of God's children would be saved. There's not a single child that God does not want to be saved. We are all precious to God. The loss of even a single one cannot be acceptable. And that means that your loss cannot be acceptable. And for whatever it might mean to you, by extension, your loss is not acceptable to me either. Because I've come to see that we are all connected to each other and that there is no way that all of us could be completely whole if any of us was permanently lost. All right, well, that about covers my second point in my five-point theology. God sincerely wants to save all. Next time, we'll move on to point number three, and that is God in Christ covers the sin of all. Until next time, then, I invite you to join me in believing in a grace that saves all. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Grace Saves All. You can help spread the word by sharing this podcast with others and by giving it a rating on iTunes. If you want to find out more about David or if you'd like to leave him a message, go to his website, davidartman.net. In the meantime, let's work together to help a hurting world know about the greatest news ever announced.